Uh, Jesus talked to multitudes. He talked to his disciples. He answered religious folk. And he talked to individuals. Today we're going to talk a little bit about what he said to disciples. I don't know if you ever had your experience. It's in a fall break. A lot of people are still on fall break. And, but, you know, when your teenager gets a certain age, I don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> uh, but they get a certain age, you start kind of leave them at home by themselves, you know. And uh, uh, if you're like we were as parents, you would always give last instructions that you've already told them three or four times, but you're going to tell them one more time, and you're going to have the list and all that, and, you know, then you're going to call them every five minutes, and you might as well not went out. But anyway, but, um, but the last words are really important. Uh, in John's gospel, you see Jesus at the last, we, we, we call it the last supper. And at the last supper, um, he went over a few things, and he revealed that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him. And so after that, there's quite a lot of conversation. So the Last Supper is Jesus' last words to his disciples. It's his instructions. But even after that, there's some last, last words. And so John's gospel is full of those things, and I love that. And so we get to see uh, what he's uh, uh, talking to his disciples. Are you a disciple? Well, that was weak. Are you a disciple? You're a disciple of the Lord, right? We're disciples, and so if he said to that to these disciples, then he's saying this to us. And so I want to pick this up in John chapter 13. John chapter 13. We're going to read out of the New King James Version. So if I could have John 13, 34 to start with. It says that a new commandment. So after he's all done, he's exposed Judas. They, they all want to know who it was. And then he, Jesus begins his message to his disciples, his last words. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you should also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Simon Peter said, so who's the first one to ask a question? Simon Peter said, I'm going to get in trouble when I meet him. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered and said, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. What's he doing? Arguing. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you before the rooster crows, till you have not denied me three times. Verse 39. 14.1, let not your heart, so he, he, he warned Peter, then he kept on talking. It's in chapter and verse, but this is Jesus kept, kept right on talking. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, you may be there also. And where I go, you know, and where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Where I go, you know. Why was he so? I mean, he's been talking to him about it all the time. Where I'm going, I'm going to be with the Father. And the way, you know. And then we go through, and then Thomas has got some questions. 
Philip's got some questions. Judas, not Iscariot, has some questions. The disciples asked some more questions. And so what I did in verses in chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16, I put the major points together. Today it seems like the Holy Ghost wants to do bullet points. And so I'm going to give you some bullet points of what Jesus' last words were his disciples. There are many important things in here, and I may circle around and get them. But there's a theme in every chapter as everyone asks him a question, as people Peter asked him, as, um, you know, uh, as Philip asked him, it, it, as, as uh, um, uh, uh, Thomas asked him, as Judas uh, asked him, uh, and then they all are wondering some things. He answers them. So these are questions. If I could ask Jesus a question, I believe they ask him uh, for you and I so we would know. So the first thing, if you look in these chapters, what's most important, what the Holy Ghost is bringing out, is that we have to have love one for another, and our love for Jesus is very important. And so in the New Living, it says, out of John 13, we just read it, 34 and 35, Jesus said this very strong, and he wants all of us to know. So I give you a new commandment. Everybody say, I receive a new commandment. What is our commandment? That you would love each other. Not just you would love each other, but you would love each other like I love you. Now, one of the things Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And at the Last Supper, what did he do? He washed their feet. So one of the truth of the matter is, if you really want to say, I, if you really want to do this, then we would all be serving one another. Don't go quiet on me. A proof that you really love the Lord is that you're a servant. You are doing something for somebody else. Now, one of the, things, the great things about coming to church here is we give you opportunities all the time to serve. It is proof that you really love the Lord. You are not in a country club. This is not a restaurant. You're in a family. Amen? We're a part of the body of Christ. And where every part is important, and that is supposed to serve one another. Everybody say, I'm a servant. And how do you do that? I just want to serve the Lord. Well, in serving the Lord, you've got to serve one another. And if you really love the Lord, you would serve him. Find a way to serve. If it's not something that is already there, find a, way, find a way to serve somebody. Find a way to serve somebody. Everybody say, I'm a servant. How are we going to I'm going to do it just like Jesus did. I'm going to, just, just as I've loved you, you should love one another. Verse 35. Your love, for, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So as we serve one another, as we love one See, love, you know, I, I used to do this like when we first got married. Pastor Rhonda did it to me the other day. She goes, well, I meant to do that. And then the, the thought that counts. No, the thought doesn't count. And so, so I remember I tell this story is when we first were married, I didn't have hardly any money, but you could go to Kroger's and get a little bouquet of flowers for like four bucks or something. You know, the scraggly ones, not the roses and everything, you know, the, the, but it's, you know, but I was always thinking about it. And every time I get home, I said, I thought about giving you flowers today. She said, that's nice, but it doesn't count. I wanted it to count. Just so, just listen to me. Just saying I love somebody. We believe in words around here, but without any action, without any proof, don't hold water with the Lord. Your love for one another will prove. Did Jesus prove he loved us? He laid it down. Prove to the world that you are my disciples. I wonder why there's, there's absence in the church in the United States of America. I wonder if it's part of it is because we don't serve one another like we used to. We don't love on one another like we used to. It's not just in word, it's in deed. Amen. Keep moving. Uh, John 15 
12 through 14, New Living Translation. Who's ever up there, just help me out. I got a lot of scripture. Uh, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I loved you. So, he, so, he, so anytime you, there's a point and you repeat it, he wants you to get it. There is no greater love to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. Verse 17. Verse 17. This is my command. What's a command? This is my suggestion. This is my hope if you get around to it. This is do it if you want, don't do it if you won't. No. He said, this is my command. Love each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. Hallelujah. And what are we going to do? What does that mean? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. And then the gospel talks about Jesus' last thing is about if you really love me. John 14. We're going to look at verse 15. John 14, verse 15 out of the New Living Translation. It says, if you love me, obey my commands. Verse 15, if you love me, obey my commands. Verse 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. So if we really love the Lord, what are we going to do? Obey his commands. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each and every one of them. Verse 23 through 24. We're talking about the last things Jesus said to his disciples, which is us. It says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. So if we really love him, we'll do what? What he says. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. That's pretty cool. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. And then John 15, 9 through 10. John 15, 9 through 10. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Verse 10. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Everybody say obey. So we have to obey the word of God. We have to do what he says. If you love me, he said, you'll do what I say. So love to him was very important. So did Jesus preach on love? Yes, he preached on love in this way. He preached on love to us. Uh, he, he preached this way. If you uh, are going to be my disciples, you're going to have to love one another. You're going to have to serve one another. You're going to have to honor one another. And if you're really going to be my disciple and you say you love me, you're going to have to do what I say. You're going to have to obey my commandments. It's not, it's not just God loving us. We're supposed to be loving him. These are the commandments. Love the Lord with all your heart, your strength, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And in you do these, you'll fill the big ten. If you do those, you'll fulfill the ten commandments. Are the ten commandments still good today? They're all still good today, but you can't fulfill them on your own. You have to do it by obeying these two. If you love your neighbor as yourself and you love God. God, number one, your neighbor, but you've got to do that in order to show that you really do love God. And in loving God, uh, we serve God. And in serving God, you're going to serve one another. So Jesus' last words were, uh, one of the biggest things he's talked about was love. And the other thing he talked about was how to get your needs met. You remember, we looked last week at Mark chapter 11, uh, verses 23 and 24. Uh, we, we concentrated more on verse 24. But remember, Jesus cursed the fig tree. And remember the, the religious got after him. Who are you that, you know, telling all these people they can do these same things? You can't tell these regular folk they can do stuff like that. 
Uh, we can do stuff like that. We're the Pharisees, Sadducees, we're the leaders, but you can't tell these people that. And Jesus, you know, remember what he said? Whoever will say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast to sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says, he will have whatever he says. Well, verse 23, whatsoever things you desire, uh, you know, uh, whatever things you desire, believe you receive them and you shall have them. He's talking about Mark eleven twenty-three. 23. So let, let's just look at that just real quick. That's not my notes. Just, I don't want anybody, y'all looking at me kind of funny. For verily I say to you, whatsoever, uh, verse 24, I got them backwards. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, everybody say when you pray, Amen. believe you receive them and you will have them. So when you pray. So Jesus then, one of the last things he was doing, he's shoring up this that he said in Mark eleven twenty four. I want you to know how to receive from the Father. This was very important to him as he left. Because I'm not going to, Jesus was saying, I'm not going to be here anymore. And I want you to do that. Remember what he said to Mary. He said to her, he said, don't touch me. Not because she was a woman, but he said this. He said, I have not yet ascended to my father and your father. One of the things Jesus said, and in this scripture, I'm going off notes here because I've been studying it so much. But he's like, you know, Philip said, show us the father. And he's like, have I been with you so long? You know, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. He came to connect us back to Father God. God. And, and he's wanting them to know that even though he's leaving, your relation, because he said to Mary, I'm going to my father and your father. He wanted God, his father, to be God, our father. Right? And so he's teaching us how to pray. John 14, 13 and 14 in the New Living Translation says, you ask for anything in my name, I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Verse 14, yes, ask me for, what? Oh, not anything. Yeah, this is the confidence I have in him, that if I ask anything according to his will. So you take it over to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. So you got to know the will of God. People say, well, I'm afraid I'm going to ask wrong. Well, if you know the word of God, you won't ask wrong. And he said, ask me for what? And I will think about it. Get back to you on it. Depend on how I feel. No, he said, I'll do it. Everybody say, he'll do it. Woo, anything? John 15 and 7 brings a little more clarity to it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. In other words, you're just not off asking your own stuff because the word of God has to abide in you. you got to be vitally united to the word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask what you will and it what? It might be done. We got a debate about it. Shall be. <laughs> Verse 16. You have not chosen me. I chose you. I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. What kind of fruit? He's talking about, and your fruit should remain. This is prayer fruit. This is you getting answers. This is not the fruit of the Spirit. It's talking about prayer fruit here. And whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. But you got to ask, so listen, we'll stop here. You don't pray to Jesus, you don't pray to the Holy Ghost. You can talk to Jesus and you can talk to the Holy Ghost. But you pray to the Father. There are three and they are one. But in order to get your prayers answered, you got to talk to Father. You don't need to talk to a human Father and you don't need to go through no Mary. You go straight to the Father. 
You don't need a person to pray for you. You can talk to the Father yourself. I can agree with you. I can help you. But you are born again. God is your Father. And he wants you to ask him. In John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day you'll ask me nothing. So Jesus said, don't ask me. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. Verse 24. Now, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive that your joy would be full. Hallelujah. One other place he said, you have not because you ask not. 26 and 27. In that day you will ask my, in my name. And I do not say that, that I shall pray the Father for you. So we're not talking to Jesus, so he'll talk to God. It's not like when I was in high school, I would talk to my buddies to talk to the girl before I talked to the girl, and I was 100%. Hallelujah. Never been turned down for a date. Hallelujah. Because I always was 100%. If we were iffy, there was no going in. I could not be rejected. But you don't have to talk to Jesus. Talk the Father into this. No, you just talk to the Father yourself. Is he listening? If you come to him with the word... So what's he talking about in these, his last of the last words? What's important to him? That you understand that you got to love one another. That you got to love Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you're going to do the word. What's important to him? He really wants you and I to get all of our needs met. He really wants you to ask. He doesn't want you to do without. He doesn't want you to wonder if this, how's this going to work? He said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I'm, he's going to give it to you. Well, Pastor Mark, I just don't know if I believe that. Well, don't worry, then you won't have it. I didn't sleep much. Hallelujah. But isn't that true? Well, I don't believe it. That sounds too good. That sounds like error. It's not error. Because if you abide in him and his words abide in you, what is that? That's the stable. You're not going to ask him anything outside of his will. I'm concerned I'm going to ask something for outside of his will. Well, there's some things in your personal life you, don't, life you don't know, like where you're supposed to live, where you're supposed to work. If you're single, who you're supposed to marry. You need to ask him those things, and he will show you his will. But the written word of God, there's no more question about that. There's no more question about that. It works for everybody who believes. Amen? What else did he have to say? Well, he wanted to talk to them about their future. Now, if you were walking with Jesus every day for three years and you saw him doing all these signs, wonders, and miracles, you saw him multiply the bread, you were there, the first miracle where, where water was turned into wine, you've seen him cast out demons, you've seen him raise the dead. I mean, you were there when he said, Lazarus! I mean, and, and there was Lazarus. You were there for all that. And he says, now i got to go away. You might be a little bummed. What? I thought she was going to set up the kingdom. I thought you were going to rule and reign and get rid of all these Romans. That's what they were thinking, even them. It's all natural. And Jesus said, remember he said these things in John 14, 16 through 17. I can't, be, I can't stop here because this is one of the areas I love to teach on. So I got, I got to keep going, all right. But I'll pray the Father. So Jesus on the earth said, I'm praying. And he's going to give you another comforter. What's another comforter? One just like me. That he may abide with you forever. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. So he says, who's this comforter? The parakletos. He's the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive. 
So no one in the world has the paracletos. No one in the world has the spirit of truth because it sees him not. They don't know him, but you know him. Everybody say, I know him. I know you, Holy Ghost. Say, I know you, Holy Ghost. Why? Because he dwells in me. He dwells with you and he shall be in you. Verse John 15, 26. So Jesus is talking to him about love. Love by serving one another. Love by loving Jesus. Two, getting your needs met. And he wants to talk to you about, he wants to talk to them and me about some, the comforter coming. The Holy Ghost. He said, but when the comforter has come. Now on our end of it, has he come? Is the Holy Ghost here? Does he live in you? But when the comforter has come, whom I'll send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he's going to testify of me. So the Holy Ghost is always bringing our attention back to Jesus. You know it's the Holy Ghost because he'll always point you to Jesus. Anyone who says they're operating in the Holy Ghost and it points to them, whether it's a manifestation, whether it's anything, if it draws attention to you and not Jesus, probably not the Holy Ghost. John, uh, so we're John, John 16. Uh, 7 through 12, new living. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. So it was best for them. Was it best for us that he went away? It's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate or the Holy Ghost won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Verse 8, just go through these real quick. And when it comes, he will convict the world of its sin, of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it, it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it right now. They weren't ready for all of it all. Hallelujah. How many of you know Revelation is progressive, and you and I are growing in it ourselves? John 16, 13 through 15. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it to you, declare it to close and transmit it to you. Verse 15. And all things that the Father has are mine. How much did Jesus have? Therefore said I that he will take of mine and show it, declare it, disclose it, and transmit it to you. So Jesus, what's important? He wants everybody to know who the Holy Ghost is. He wants everybody to know what is the next phase of walking with God. He wants you to know that the Holy Ghost is really important. And so in the hour we live in, we have to elevate and understand the spirit of truth, the spirit of God, the parakletos is the one who is here. So we should talk much about him. We should reverence him. We should honor him. He is the spirit of Jesus. He's the spirit of God. He's the spirit of truth. He is the parakletos. And he has come and he lives on the inside of you and he's here to show you things. But if you don't know him, then you you will not, he will not be able to show you things that are to come. And in the hour we live, we need to know what's coming. Just what's going on in the world right now. You can't change it. There's going to be wars. Rumors of wars. Plagues. Pestilence. Earthquakes. Man, earthquakes, if you study the history of it, they are so on the rise. But you know what? We're not to be afraid during these times. Because you're hiding in the pavilion. 
You're in the secret place of the Most High. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it doesn't have to come near you. But what do you got to know? You got to know the Holy Ghost. You got to know the spirit of truth. That's why you can't just have a little dab of the word in the hour that we live in. You need the truth. You need it. Amen? It's the lamp that guides you through life. I'm getting off a little bit. But anyway, the next thing he talked a lot about in this was peace. John 16, 33. We're going to go backwards now. These things I've spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world, there's going to be tribulation. But what did he say? Cheer up. So anytime what's going on in the world makes you sad, makes you frown, makes you mad, you're not abiding in the word. You're not abiding in the truth. You're not abiding in his peace. It's got you flustered. Well, that just really frustrates me. Why? Because you're thinking too much about it. You're living in it. You're, you're, you have a kingdom. Y'all, I don't need another king. I'm not concerned about who comes and who goes from that house. I want it to be the best. I want it to be God's highest. I believe it's important. But if it don't go my way, I'm not going to cry. I'll just do what the word says and keep on moving. Does it need to be fixed? It does. But the truth of the matter is, I already have a king. I don't need somebody else coming riding on a white horse. I already got one. His name is Jesus. And, and if you're frustrated all the time, you need to shut some, some radio stuff off. You need to shut some TV. You know what? They, they're on a 24-hour news cycle. They got to make stuff up. They get paid by their ratings, not by the truth they spill out. Be careful. Don't say you weren't warned over and over again. Hallelujah. Pastor Mark, you don't care. You're right, I don't. I just don't. I'm not going to get weighed down by it. I got too many other things. I got to make sure you get to the other side. I got to make sure. I want you to be healed. I want you to be blessed. I want your marriages to go well. I want your family restored. I want you to do what God has called you to do. So I want to live on these last words that Jesus said. Well, I don't know if I'm helping you, but I'm helping me. Hallelujah. John 15, 27. And you know what? Probably why I talk about it so much is because back in my younger years, I could have so easily gone that direction and gotten so messed up. And so I'm probably pushed to the other side a little bit. Um, but, but listen, the word is the most important thing. And you can't get all flustered when everything's not going right out there. Jesus, well, we're, let's pray that there'll be no more. Well, let's just pray. He's the prince of peace. Let's pray there's pr peace everywhere. You can't pray that way. He can be your prince of peace, but he said there's going to be wars. And you can't change that. You can just make sure you're not in the middle of one. John 15, 20. And you also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. What? That's not what I want. Um, can you believe I wrote down the wrong scripture? Let's change that so second service won't get that. Hold on. Y'all with me? Uh, where is it? John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Let's look at that one. John 14. Peace I leave with you. So what's he talking about? Love, how to get your prayers answered, and the Holy Ghost. And then he says, 
peace I leave you. What kind of peace? My peace. It's not half his peace. It's not some of his peace. He said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives you, give I unto you. Let not your heart be. Anytime my heart is troubled, what am I not in? Peace. So how do I, what I got to do? Well, uh, if you, Isaiah says, if you keep your mind on him, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Let not your heart be troubled. What is that? That's a command. That's a command. Well, I'm just troubled about that. Anytime you hear yourself say that, you got to stop and go, why am I troubled? If I get back into it, because in his peace is a place of rest, is a place of faith. So anytime, so what does the devil do? He wants to trouble you. <laughs> let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. That means, well, I'm afraid. Well, then you let it. Pastor Mark, well, if you've been through what I've been through, well, either we can do what the word says or we can't. And I get it. I've been through all kinds of trauma and drama in my life. And I don't say that I always immediately responded correctly. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the word. Thank God for good friends. Everybody say, I will not let my heart be troubled. I will not let my heart be afraid. Why? Because the devil needs you to be afraid. John 14. Let's go back here. So let's pick up Peter. Let's do it this way. Verse 36. We'll do it King James. This is what I got right here. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered said, where I'm going, you can't follow me right now, but you come afterwards. And Peter said, Lord, he was arguing with him. He said, why can't I come now? Sounds like a little teenager, like a, a teenager. Uh, I don't want to pick on the teenager. Sounds like a little toddler. Not a teenager. Teenagers are past this, right? Why? Why can't I follow you now? I would let, because he knew, even because he's letting a clue, if you're going to die, I'll die with you. And we'll go together right now. And then Jesus gave Peter an opportunity to repent, and he chose to pass it by. He said, will you lay down your life for me? Verily I tell you, before the rooster crows, you're going to have denied me three times. And then Jesus didn't skip a beat. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Peter, you're troubled right now because you don't understand the future. But let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, do you all believe in God? Believe also in me, Jesus said. In my father's house, verse 2, in my father's house. He's saying to them, I'm going to daddy's. I'm going to father's house. And while I'm going, I'm going to prepare something for you. And I know a lot of modern translations take out mansions. They say a place. But listen, mansions is really a better translation. I'm going to prepare you a big good place. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So Jesus has went and y'all got places in Father's house, in Father's house. You decorate your house with furniture, God decorates his house with mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. No, this is the point. He said, if I'm leaving, I'm coming back. And not just the reappearance after, you know, his death, burial, and resurrection. He's talking about coming back for all of us. So this is his theme. The last thing he's saying is, don't ever forget this. I am coming back. I am coming back. I am coming back. No matter what they say, no matter what day it is, no, longer, no matter how long you think it goes and you think he's not coming back, he is coming back. He is coming back. He, I can't hardly understand that or believe that. Well, well, guess what? It's in the Word. It is true. Everybody say, Jesus is coming back. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself where I am that you may be there also. And whether I go, you know. The way I go, whether I'm going, you know it, and the way you know. And then Thomas said in verse 5, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said this, I am the way. How can I know the way? It's a narrow way. How can I know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so he wanted him to know this. He wanted him to know this. And that's when Philip said, well, if you're going to the Father, show us the Father. And he said, have I been so long with you? Have I been so long with you? Everybody say, Jesus is the way. He went to the Father. And he said to them, you know the way. And they said, we don't know the way. And he said, I am the way. 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 And really everything you need in life, Jesus is the way. How many followers of Jesus do I have in the room? Are you walking in the way? just in case you're in this room and man, these are the last things Jesus said some of the last things that were recorded that he said right before he left this is the last of the last this is the the, 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 the text message that you keep getting after mom and dad are on their way out he wanted you to know what's big to him love God is love what's big to him if you really love me you're going to serve one another if you really love me you're going to keep my commandments but while you're here and on the earth, I want you to get all your needs met. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will. You don't have to ask me, but anything you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. Ask, ask, ask. You have not because you ask me. Ask so you can receive, so that your joy would be full. And then he said, I really need you to know somebody. I want to introduce somebody to you. I need you to know somebody. He's the comforter, the parakletos. And he's going to come, and he's going to, he's the spirit of truth, and he's going to live in you. And he's going to show you things to come, and he's going to guide you. You really need him. 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 And he said, while you're here, though, on the earth, there's going to be all kinds of tribulation. There's going to be stuff going on in the world. There's going to be stuff um, in your personal life. 
he said, there's going to be tribulation. Well, that's not good news. No, the good news is what he said after that, but my peace. And then he told us, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I got a bad report. Well, Jesus, the word of God gives you a good report. He said this, she said this. Yeah, but what did Jesus say? I've got got an answer for everything negative you might want to say. He is our hope. He's our life. He is peace. You know what would make the devil and the world go crazy right now? With everything going on, if you just walked into work full of peace, full of joy, with a smile on your face. You're going through something. Everybody knows you're going through something, but you still got the victory. I'm not talking about ignoring things. I'm talking about walking in Jesus. And they know you got stuff going on. They're like, they'll be like, how are you doing this? Because I've got my eyes and my heart on Jesus. I got my mind stayed on the Word of God. And He and He alone is keeping me in perfect peace. Oh, I just think people like that ignore stuff. Yeah. It's true. Listen, you're going to be thinking about something. You might as well be thinking about the word. Might as well think about the answer. I'm not talking about ignoring things. I mean, speak to the circumstances. Make them go. Make the mountains move. Jesus is the way. After you got this peace, he wanted you to clearly know There's a day coming when he's either coming back or if you're in this room sitting, you're going to die. If you're born, you're going to die. And so there's there's either heaven or hell. And Jesus is the way. You know, I I, I like it when people get born again late in their life because I don't want them to uh, go to hell. I want them to make heaven. But y'all are already born again, most of you. Live every day for God. 